0: Welcome to the 3 and D podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Regular co-host Justin Lewis uh, is currently uh, with his summer job. Uh, He will be back with us once August begins. Uh, But very excited uh, this uh, uh, evening to welcome a well-known podcast personality, Zach Noble from the Four Seasons podcast. Zach's been kind enough to join us tonight. Zach, how are you doing, sir? I'm
1: doing awesome. Nothing I'd rather be doing on a Thursday than talking Hoops in the summertime. It's it's the low point of the year, and so it's fun talking hypotheticals and some fun
0: fun topics. I, I agree. It seems like um uh, that the that the NBA season basically is a is a ten month. Uh, everything's going crazy, and then you know once you get into August and September, it kind of lays low until October gets here. So, um, but yeah, uh, but, but uh, um, obviously you can follow us um, on um, Twitter. At a three D pod, and obviously myself at Stats SAC. Now, Zach, could you give a little bit of information for yourself. I know that there are some Grizzlies fans who do follow you from what I've discussed, you know, around Twitter and Facebook and social media. But your involvement with you know basketball podcasting and the game itself. Where can everyone find you?
1: Yeah, you got it. So, first of all, the podcast Four Seasons is four space SDNS. Um, and that's because we believe basketball never sleeps. Um, there's We got it broken down into four seasons, the way we talk about things. And the product on the court gets better each season, we like to say. So um, that's how we kind of came to our name. But you can find me on Twitter mostly, and that's Z-A-K-N-O-B-L-E. Um, but otherwise, um, my podcast is my main place. You'll find all of my work.
0: The reason why I wanted to ask Zach to come on the show, obviously, because uh, um, of his success in the podcast world and covering the NBA. But one thing about Zach, and I want to thank you for this, Zach. One of the big reasons why I followed you, and I know others have as well, your engagement with your followers and your engagement with people who have interest in the NBA. And one of those engagements is one of the is the main reason why I wanted to talk with you tonight. You recently released your upcoming NBA Batman and Robin rankings back on July 18th, where you ranked the duos from the 30 NBA teams in terms of, you know, probably their impact on their teams and, you know, the overall talent that they have. Talk a little bit about, you know, what led you to do this ranking and why you think it's engaging for fans.
1: Yeah, you got it. So in the offseason, that's kind of the biggest thing is fans – um, talking about their rankings and where they have players just getting into random debates, whether it's current players by position or um, their ceilings they see on these players, whether it's rookies coming in or young talent. Um, and then the league this year, more than ever, the reason why I came up with these Batman and Robin rankings, um, there's parody. It's awesome. There's no one team there's no golden state warriors that has four or five stars on it that everybody's just expecting put their finger on that's going to happen it's not that predictable anymore and that's why i think the ratings for on tv and everywhere else is going to go up this year because of all these batman and robin pairings out there um there's literally i i personally believe there's five six teams in that tier one um title contender i like to say where we're going to have that many people that have a great chance at winning this thing this year. Um, When the last five years, I've always had the Warriors in a tier of their own and really the only true contender out there um, in my estimation. So it's really exciting times in the NBA right now, especially with all the player movement Um, old guys, a lot of them Some say it's bad for the game. I mean, there's definitely a point to that where there's, some players opting out of their contracts. It's a little questionable and whatnot, but um, for the most part, the NBA is dominating social media and stuff, topics like this, um, debates to be had where um, you're weighing um, talent based on current, um, how guys, how good guys are right now and the potential they see as well. Um, and a lot of these pairings, I mean, Memphis is one of the best young and upcoming pairings, and that's what's exciting. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways to go in these pairings. I mean, the tweet I posted was all about where they currently stand, because I plan on um, putting it out there every month or so, the updated Batman and Robin rankings, depending on how well these guys are doing, just like normal NBA power rankings.
0: And again, that's the point of it. It it creates discussion. It creates debate. I think you hit the nail on the head. The reason why the NBA is so popular is because it's done such a successful job at at really embracing social media. That's the, you know, there's nothing quicker now than, than, you know, interacting with people on social media. It's been successful for you, been successful for, you know, players that follow the league in the league, things such as that. So I, I couldn't agree more, but really want to dive into this for a few minutes. So, Through the top five, you've got, obviously, Kawhi and Paul George, uh, LeBron and uh, Anthony Davis, James Harden-Westbrook, Giannis and Middleton, and then Steph and and Draymond Green. Now, the top three don't surprise me at all, but compared to other duos that are there, Giannis and Middleton and then Steph and Draymond Green. Now, I I can go with Steph and Draymond Green, but Giannis and and Chris Middleton— is that simply because you feel Giannis is the best player in the NBA right now or are people underrating just how good Chris Middleton is for them as a duo to be ranked number four on this list?
1: Yeah, you got it. So a lot of it for me is because Giannis is so good. I have them right now. I have them above Steph Curry in the overall rankings. And like for me, um, I have ranges on all players in my um, overall player rankings. And honestly, There's six players in the NBA five if you just take out LeBron after the year he had. Um, But if you include LeBron, that's six players where I'm okay if you have any one of them as the best player in the NBA right now. I personally have Kawhi Leonard, um, and then my number two is KD after that. But now you take KD out of there, and then it goes down to Harden and Steph and um, LeBron. So Giannis, I have him at number five on my rankings. Um, I just think Giannis, I mean, what he did this year, you can argue he's the best player in in the NBA. Um, Kawhi, I mean, just because he beat him is why I have him above him. I mean, there's an argument on both sides between Giannis and Kawhi. They both have a great argument to be there. Middleton is very underrated, in my opinion. Um, I think he's the perfect um, running mate with Giannis because Giannis can just dominate. Chris Middleton doesn't need the ball. Um, to dominate he can just spot up and knock down open threes and um, is a great help defender but he's also his knock he's not a great one-on-one defender Any he I mean last year he declined a lot I think he's going to get back to that um, now that Brogdon's gone he's going to have a lot more pressure on him in that system to be great on defense but I, I believe in him I just I don't believe in his contract I'll tell you that <laughs> Um, I do I do believe in their pairing and I, I think they're a great fit together.
0: As we head, you know, to the second part of the or the second part of the top ten, you've got Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, I'm um, obviously um Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. And then a couple of teams there, you know, you got you got several West teams, seven to ten. And of course, with you know, it seeming like Golden State may be taking a quote unquote off year. You know, I'll believe that when I see it. But you've got obviously Denver. Um, Utah, and then San Antonio. I was surprised to see San Antonio with DeRozan and Aldridge that high on your list. But obviously here in Memphis, that Gobert-Donovan Mitchell ranking, there obviously is a third player in the mix now there in Utah. Could that that duo with Mike Conley now on their team of Gobert and Mitchell, could Conley elevate the offensive game of both those players to where the Gobert-Mitchell duo could be one of the uh, fast risers in the top 10?
1: You got it. No, I, you nailed it on the head there. I think uh, this is going to be the best Grizzlies team there has been in a long time because of Mike Conley. Uh, I think Donovan Mitchell is going to alleviate a lot of the pressure he's had on him. and um, Conley's going to also open up a lot uh, down the middle for Gobert. I think it's a match made in heaven, honestly, especially with Quinn Snyder's system. Um, I've always believed in Mike Conley. Uh, he's coming off a pretty healthy year for the most part and one of his best years ever statistically uh, but Mike Connolly doesn't need the ball in my opinion to really be at his best and I think Donovan Mitchell I mean he really does and so that's why I think they're such a great pairing um, I think Mitchell is going to be able to slash and get to the paint like he likes to do and pull up for the mid-range shot and find Mike Connolly for the open three and when they need it. Um, Gobert is going to have a lot Less pressure down low because of this as well. Because Mike Conley, such a smart and cerebral player, I think the the fit is going to be one of the best trios in the league. And Mitchell, I mean, he, I mean, I don't think he improved that much last year, but because of Mike Conley, uh, because of Boyan Bogdanovich, this guy they got from Indiana, I think those two additions are going to give. Mitchell, all the spacing he needs to operate, and we're primed for a Donovan Mitchell. Hopefully, an All Star season.
0: I think he's going to be right there in the All Star hunt. And hitting on this top ten, I kind of mentioned that I wanted to talk about. You know, I know we're talking about duos, but talking about trios. In my opinion, the strongest supporting casts of the top ten are all out west. It's it's the it's the Nuggets. It's um, Utah. But it also it's the Clippers, and and I, I just mm-hmm. wanted to ask your question. You know, with Lou Williams, you may not consider him up there, but he seems like such a good fit with Kawhi and Paul George, plus his contract. When you look at him and you look at it on the Clippers, and then you know we'll extend it past the trios, the supporting cast of the Nuggets, the um, Jazz, and the Clippers. Do you think those three teams probably have the best supporting cast of the teams in the top ten?
1: Uh, from top to bottom, yeah, it's hard to argue. I mean, Monty, if you go to Denver, Monty Morris and Malik Beasley were unbelievable. Malik Beasley was arguably better than Gary Harris, and their three-man Tory Craig or Wancho and uh, Monty Morris just as well up there. I mean, those guys should be starters in the NBA somewhere um, very soon. Um, but if they keep playing where they are, I mean, they're going to be the best bench in the league if they're not already. Um, they're they're amazing, and you go to um, the Clippers now, they're, they're strength in numbers. They made it to a competitive series with Golden State last year, almost winning three games, but they ended up winning two off um, the Warriors, and the Warriors were healthy at the time, which is pretty amazing. Um, I, I Outside of the Rockets, I personally think the healthy the healthy Warriors last year and were played the hardest by the Clippers. It it was a completely different team that finished against the Raptors at the end of the year. Um, Going back to the Lou Williams point, I had an argument that he should have been an all-star last year. I truly believe there was a strong argument for that um, from where the team was. I think they were a top five, six seed at the all-star break and Lou Williams being their closer um, one of the top three closers in the NBA last year, fourth quarter scoring wise. Um, I don't think it's crazy to throw him in with that that trio. I mean, Montrezl Harrell. I mean, defensively, and I think he's going to be much better on offense after another year of getting a lot of minutes uh, for the really the second time in his career. And then you got young talent, Landry Shamet, uh, Zubak. It's going to be tough to match the Clippers' depth. I, I'd say on paper right now, uh, they'd be—I'd be I'd be hard-pressed to say anybody has a better bench than those guys, um, but I i do like what the Lakers did. I like the depth of the Lakers. A lot of people don't. Um, going off that top 10, the Portland Trailblazers, they have a lot more question marks, but if everybody hits for them and they're able to figure out how to get these guys to mesh. I think the Trailblazers can have a lot of sleepy depth. Um, Other than that, yeah, I think you nailed it, I mean, depth-wise. The rest of the league is really dependent on young talent really blossoming uh, to become their young talent if you look at teams like the Spurs um,
0: and Detroit Pistons, those type of teams. And I I think that's what it comes down to is that I think this year, as much as we've seen the pairings go different places – I think that you're going to see supporting casts become very important. And one of those teams that I think out in the East that, that could, that has a very underrated supporting cast, especially when um, KD comes back in a year, um, is the New Jersey net, or excuse me, New Jersey. I always say New Jersey, Brooklyn net. <laughs> Forgive me yeah. about that. Um, but you've got them ranked with Kyrie and Bert at 15. You've also got Justice Winslow compared with um, Jimmy Butler and then uh, Pascal Siakam with Kyle Lowry, but Siakam, Justice Winslow, Covert, I know those guys may not be like, you know, top 25 players in the league, but just seeing them in the top 15 rankings of this duo, that means something. It Those mm-hmm. are three names that I think are on the rise. Do you see Siakam really going up into the upper echelon of NBA players with Kawhi now um, in LA? And do you see Winslow and Lavert taking the next step as well for the Heat and, and Nets to really become East contenders? Yeah,
1: so personally, uh, those two players you mentioned, first let's start with the Nets, um, Karis LeVert. He was arguably their best player when he was at his peak last year, and I think if he went to gone down, uh, call me crazy, I think he might have been in the all-star game and D'Lo would have been sitting at home, D'Angelo Russell. Uh, I think he's that good. I think he's going to have a breakout year, might win most improved player of the year this year. Uh, Because of no Kevin Durant, um, I think – um, uh, there's a chance Levert makes the all-star game this year. I'm not going to rule that out. I'm not picking him too right now. Um, so I don't want to put my word on that, but I think he's going to be in the running there. I think he's going to be close to averaging 20, um, on the year. I, I really like him. I think they're a duo that can get into the top 10, um, uh, or sneak into my tier two, even, um, for my breakdown, I have six tiers of my, um, Batman and Robin rankings. Then, Uh, Going to Siakam, so we just had uh, one of the starters on J.E. Skeet, the big Toronto Raptors guy um, on our last show. He just released today, and we were talking about Siakam, and it's crazy. As a Raptors fan, and um, basically they're robbing last year, and one of their main reasons they were to win it because of his amazing defense, one of the best defenders in the NBA already, um, only three years into the league, Siakam. He wasn't that high on him. He doesn't think he's going to get much better than a top 20 player. And for me, you call me crazy. I think Siakam has the talent to average eventually 25 points a game. I, I really believe he's going to average, I mean, 22 plus this year. He's got to be that guy. Somebody's got to average a lot of points for him. Um, I think he's going to vote. I'm not necessarily saying this year, but I think he'll eventually be a top 10 player in, in the hunt at least, a minimum of top fifteen. I think you can get there very, very soon. I wouldn't be shocked if he cracked my top twenty this year, top seventeen range. I just think he's that good. Um a two way player he I call me crazy defensive player of the year type of potential. I like him that much. I mean we've always on our show have always compared him to Scottie Pippen. Um I, I still like that comparison. I, I think it's a strong comparison. I think he has a chance to average more points than Scotty did at,
0: at his peak. I don't know. What, what How good do you think Siakam can get? Well, I think Siakam is a very good player who you don't trust. His, you don't see his full value in the box score. And I actually mm-hmm. think that Mark Gasol being there another year is really going to help out his game. Gasol never got the love that he truly deserved here in Memphis because he wasn't the scorer, he wasn't the rebounder. He didn't play to his, you know, stereotypical size, basically. People wanted him to battle down low, and he just was not that. But is a very good team-oriented defender. Now, that's what helped him win Defensive Player of the Year. I really think that he could be a compliment to Siakam, as I think Serge Ibaka has been in his development. I really think Mark Gasol... Could play a key role in Siakam taking that next step of really being an extremely high four player doing the small things.
1: I I agree. Kind of like, I mean, looking back on things Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili had on uh, Kawhi Leonard, I I think he learned his defensive habits from them and learned intelligence in the NBA game from those veterans. And I think that's a great comparison with Marcus Saul. Uh, I think another year there, I think he's going to really understand being versatile and become a much better rim protector um just learning to block the ball and play even the thing i'm i'm caught on i don't think he's ever going to be the guy that a number one guy on a team to win a championship i don't think he'll ever get that high but i think he can be as good as a robin gets in the nba and i mean He can be the top player on a playoff team. I I truly believe that. i just not saying a good playoff team, a great playoff team. So that's where I'm at there. I think their defense, I mean, was one of the greatest defenses of all time last year, and that's because of Siakam Gasol and Kawhi Leonard. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. And um, I'm not sure Lowry's even going to be the Robin at the end of the year in Toronto. That, that's going to be interesting to see who pops out to be the second leading score on that team.
0: It'll be interesting to see for sure. So um, again, here with Zach Noble from the four seasons podcast joining us this evening. So Zach, as we get to the bottom of the rankings and obviously uh, we want to get to the Grizzlies and their division for, for a minute. But first thing I want to ask before we get into that, the one ranking that, that I look at this um, list and I'm like, really is, is a Devin Booker and um, um, DeAndre Ayton uh, down um, at number 24 for the Phoenix Suns. I, I will admit that is surprising. I, it, it seems like that, um, you know, with as young as they are in the continued development, they would potentially crack the top 15. Just what are your thoughts in terms of, of that ranking? And and is it is it a, a dim forecast for them? Or is it just basically you just don't have a lot of faith in the Suns?
1: No, I'm glad you picked them out because I actually believe in them a lot. So these rankings, like I said, our power rankings is basically where I see them right now. Um, them and to go with your Grizzlies, John and Jaron Jackson, I mean, I think both of them have really, really high potential and eventually can crack the top 10. I think this year, if we're looking at Booker and Aiton, I think they finally have the pieces around them to win some more games and that's where it's coming down to Booker and Aiton. Um, why they're not higher is just basically win for me I think they can crack my uh, top 18 um, top 17 but if they win they got to win about 35 plus games I think that can be the case I do like the coach upgrade there I think that's going to help them I just I'm, I'm I'm really curious on the defensive side I think they'll both eventually get to Closer to a plus defender, so I think there are two amazing offensive players already. Um, Ayton is a plus defender, very or at least very close to in my estimation, uh, but Booker isn't that close to a plus defender. He's very very lazy on that side of the ball, um, just is way too focused in the offensive end, which is great because he's an amazing offensive player. But no, I, I think they're going to take a huge leap this year, and I, I guarantee they won't
0: be in 24 uh after the first two three months (laughs) so i'll be honest with you i i'm more understanding and 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 more accepting now uh, of the grizzlies rankings based off you know being on this year that makes perfect sense for those who have not seen the list we're about i'm going to focus on the southwest division now Um, you've got Luca um, uh, Luca and Kristaps at number 20. Uh, you've got uh, Giroux and um, uh, Zion at number 25. And then you've got John Jaron at number 28. So I- I'll ask a 2 parted question to you here. Obviously, you've got the Russell and Harden, which is going to be the duo probably people are going to focus on the most in terms of the duo itself this year. And then you've got the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, and the um, uh, Pelicans with their young cast going on. Number one, do you see the Southwest division perhaps being the most exciting division over the next few seasons based off so many teams in it having such young, intriguing casts plus, obviously, the Westbrook and Harden pairing? You know what? I mean, the
1: Grizzlies are flying under the radar for one of the most exciting up-and-coming teams. I mean, I was very high on Brandon Clark. I think I don't have my big board in front of me by any means, but I know he was in my top ten. I thought he he's arguably the steal of the draft. That's how high on him I am. Uh the other guy that comes to mind was Saquon Dumboya, um, uh, was a huge sleeper in my estimation. But uh this division I think is gonna surprise a lot of people. I personally think outside of Memphis, I think Memphis is the only team that doesn't have a chance for the playoffs this year, but they should Within the next three years, uh, and I think they have three starters, in my opinion, locked in for the future. Like yeah, as long as they keep these guys happy and they get to the potential, I think they can get to, and that's saying a lot. I mean, have three cornerstones already on your team. I just hope I'm right on that. <laughs> that would, I mean, I, Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to have to learn how to be more aggressive on the offensive end and score the way I think he can get to. Um, I know is an aggressive player. He's going to be there right away. I think he's going to have a huge stat line right off the bat. Brandon Clark, I think his shot's going to continue to improve and be a beast on the defensive end. I think they're going to be a great defensive team, uh, a lot sooner than a lot of people are giving them. Rookies and young players aren't normally good on defense, but I think this team is primed to be very good very early on the defensive side.
0: And that's the thing that a lot of people, you know, everybody's talking about the excitement of the offensive side. I wrote, I write uh, for Grizzly Bear Blues through the SB Nation uh, Network, and I, and I put an article out today talking about that exact point, that, yeah, I know the Grizzlies are known for defense. You don't want to be boring and take away from the highlight potential of our young core, but I really do think with Clark and, you know, our other supporting pieces, plus Jaron Jackson, I think defense is a is a real way to develop our team. But focusing mm-hmm. on John Jaron real quick, Zach, do you feel as if when you when you forecast them, you know, as much as you can, obviously, when you forecast them, do you feel they have the potential to potentially become a top five point guard post player duo in the NBA, especially with how the modern NBA is trending? Yeah, so
1: I kind of look at it this way uh, where I see players ceilings. Um, that's when I when I do these projections like, I can see Ja becoming, a. I think Ja's ceiling slightly higher than Jaren's. I think Jha could become a top 10, top 15 player. Um, Jaren, I think he can for sure come become a top 15, 17 guy. I'm just not sure he's ever going to be able to score at the rate that he would need to be be higher. But never know. I mean, he could be that good defensively and um, just become a really efficient guy. Draymond Green, for instance, I mean... Jaron's almost already a better offensive player than Draymond's ever been. And um, if he becomes defensively, like Draymond, that's where I put him. Draymond's at his peak has probably been a top 12, 15 player in the league. Um, I know their games are completely different, but just comparing a guy where I think statistically um, can be kind of comparable, I guess. But as for their ceiling as a duo, I think they could for sure be like a top seven. I'm not ready to say top five because there are so many good uh, point guard post combos right now in the league. I'd rather have Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. I'd rather have De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley, but like if you said you wanted Ja and Jaron Jackson, I'd be completely fine. Um, I'm more of a Luka and Chris Sapp's guy, I'm more of a, actually the real argument for me, uh, the tough one is going to be Trey and um, John Collins versus these two. I think that's a real debate there. Um, I don't know. And I think if you had this Memphis duo hire, I would be very open to it. I I would be very willing to take that prediction. Um, I just, I need to see a little bit of a job before I'm going to be jumping the gun and saying top five, because this league is becoming so rich in talent and
0: so deep, but I'm excited for him. That's for sure. And and I and actually, I actually I really appreciate your answer because it's honest and I think it makes a lot of sense. I do think that there are probably duos out there that have higher ceilings than Jaw and Jaron. But of course, you know, one of the things is is that you know the reason why people here in Memphis love John Jaron so much is that they've embraced the city. and And as we wrap up with you, Zach, the one other thing I wanted to ask you was, you know, what allowed for this. Uh, list to come together. It was all the movement this offseason with free agency. You know, obviously, we're falling in love with John Jaron here in Memphis because of how much they're embracing the city. But we've seen small markets, you know, especially Oklahoma City this year, that have been, you know, I don't want to use the word ravaged, but, you know, their future has changed with, how, with one move, one unexpected move, Paul George going to a bigger city. Do you feel that free agency – you know, we've heard some rumblings. Do you feel free agency will eventually change to where there will be less concern in the smaller markets for superstars to leave? Or do you just think this is part of the new NBA? The players have so much power that every year you're going to see, you know, a lot of upheaval, a lot of change um, that that you can't predict. Um, Do you feel that small markets – you know, like if Memphis – is or if jaw and Jaron are successful here do you feel that you know in the back of people's minds memphis should be concerned they eventually go to bigger markets
1: you know that's that's uh the, like one of the biggest hardest most pressing questions there is about this league right now um uh, being a longtime Timberwolves fan i grew up been to every playoff game in the kg era uh and i'm similar similar i guess uh Franchise to Memphis and success-wise, I guess. Um, But it's it's tough because the league is set up right now for all this player movement, this this transaction game. And the NBA, the way they wrote up up the CBA and agreed to everything, is one, it's easier to move these players, but two, it's easier for these players to move on their own. Like my thing is. I think these owners got to be stronger when they when a player comes to them with a trade demand unless that player is very boisterous and outspoken i'm not caving into a trade demand so easily like a lot of these it depends on where your team is overall um and but if you think that player you really want that player to stay i'm not caving as quickly as a lot of these guys are I think uh, Washington Wizards are doing a good job right now, even though tomorrow if Bradley Beal doesn't accept this extension, he could be demanding a trade himself. So I might eat my words there. But um, there's he's been rumored for a long time. And I just think they've held out because they know he's a tough guy to replace and they're not just going to be able to replace him overnight. So when you have talent, you got to do everything you can to retain it. Um, it's going to be interesting. The next CBA, it's coming up really soon. I think they're going to have to change some things because yeah, players, I mean, it's more than ever are popping up of wanting to get out of their contract. They just signed uh, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, the list goes on. And I mean, it's tough and it drives me nuts too. Cause I want more parity. I want these small markets to have a chance. And, uh, I think the biggest thing is to use all of your money up in the right away. I mean, but use it smart. I mean, here's the thing. You got to, if you have stars like in the making, like John, Jaron Jackson, you're on the clock immediately. You can't pretend you're on the clock in two, three years now. Um, You got to play the game. Like you got to make these guys happy and try to build a winner as soon as possible, which also makes it way more fun and enticing to be a fan as well. Um, but you just gotta do everything you can um to cater to these these stars and you gotta go all in on those couple players. I do think Memphis has a sleeper in Josh Jack, and I just wanna mention that. I really liked that trade from Memphis. I think he could be I, I really believed him coming into this league. I know he's a troubled kid a little bit. Um but I think Taylor, the head coach, I think he's got the attitude and mentality to take on some of the personalities of some of these young guys. Um, I think he's a great fit. I I hope he is. I, I loved that hiring. I just think they need to give him an opportunity to play right away. And I think Memphis has got something going. They just got to keep these guys together and find a system that works and let these guys run free because there's talent
0: there. So Zach, I'm just going to real quickly connect the dots. You mentioned Washington and they're handling a Bradley bill, and if he doesn't accept his extension offer, he could demand a trade. And then you're sitting here telling the Grizzlies they need to act now to support John Jaron. Are you basically speculating a deal to Memphis trade in the next two days?
1: <laughs> oh man, I wish for your guys' sake. I'm I'm hoping the same thing in Minnesota. Everybody's going to want that guy. Uh, I just don't know if Memphis would. Have, I mean. He'd be the perfect fit next to John Jaren. It'd be unbelievable. Um, I don't know what your pick situation looks like. I'd have to look that up. Uh, But contract-wise, Kyle Anderson, Andre Iguodala. Yeah, I think you have the contracts to get something done. I just don't know if you have the actual assets. Uh, Agreed. Maybe maybe they like a Josh Jackson or Grayson Allen. Uh, Shit, that's tough.
0: (laughs) <laughs> like I say, more fantastical than anything, but we can dream. As we right. wrap up, as we wrap up here, Zach. One last question in honor of your your duo rankings. What? It, not in terms of their talent on the court, but in terms of how they gel. I mentioned myself, and you may share this opinion that I'm most interested in to see how Harden and Westbrook gel. What is the one duo in the league next year that you're really looking forward to seeing how they gel on and off the court?
1: And I, I don't want to steal yours, but those are two of my favorite players. Their personalities are really, I mean, they're outspoken. they are I mean, they're guys that are, are outlandish. I, I love the personality of those duos. I mean, and their play styles, I mean, don't necessarily mesh. But like I always say, it's either the talent has to exceed the fit or the talent has to fit if it's not good enough talent. Um, and that's where i think if westbrook gets closer to where he was two years ago and i think he will um, because he's going to be happier and he's going to be in d'antoni's system i think mike will make it work um, i think it's going to exceed the fit there uh, but outside of that i'm going to name hmm most exciting lebron and anthony davis just the fit is so perfect in my opinion um, that's one that it's, it's hard not to. Kawhi and PG defensively. Uh, let's go another upside one. I'm gonna just throw one out of left field: Zach Levine and Laurie Markkinen. Okay. <laughs> just, I think that one. I think those guys. I love their young talent. I think Laurie is a guy that knows that can win ball games, and I think Zach. I mean. Under another year under Boylan, uh, with structure, I think I think they're gonna fit, and I think Chicago is gonna surprise a lot of people.
0: I'll throw one else out there the, the D'Angelo uh, Russell, uh, Steph Curry, uh, the there we go. I know that uh, Draymond's on your list, but I think that uh, that's definitely one to watch as well. Zach, again, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us. I know you have a busy schedule. Again, you can catch Zach on the Four Seasons podcast. He also has a lot of other contributing um, um, roles as well. Uh, But, Zach, is there anything you want to leave us with as as we wrap up the 3&D podcast this evening? No,
1: that was a really fun conversation. Appreciate you having me on. And uh, Ball is Life is where you can find all of our podcasts. We just partnered with them. Um, about two months ago it's been a lot of fun growing with them and uh, we got a lot of players coming on in the future and hopefully i can get a grizzly or two
0: hope so and, and we'll so, certainly all be listening zach if you'll hold on just for a second after we're done here i uh, just want to catch a few more things with you but again my name is sean coleman thanks so much for joining us here on the Three D podcast we'll be back with you soon with regular co-host justin lewis looking forward to some exciting things in the future thanks so much for joining us here on the Three D podcast